I don't know what to say here. How do radio people do this live all the time? It's amazing. I've got a new respect for them. How's everybody doing out there? It's uh, your friendly neighborhood, Rob Green. That was corny. It's your... Fuck it, it's me. If you don't know who I am by now, you're probably not listening to this. I'm pulling another late one after watching some horror movies because we are in the month of October, which means it's time to start watching horror movies. Tonight, it was The Omen. I recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's not as great as The Legend makes it out to be, but it's still pretty goddamn good and worth a shot. Um, Speaking of Halloween movies, I just want to go on record and say you can watch every season in both movies of Sex and the City. You will never find Sarah Jessica Parker looking more appealing than she does to Sarah Sanderson in Hocus Pocus. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, or if you all agree with me. I'm not trying to objectify her. I'm just stating the facts. Matt, get ready. Someone's going to try to cancel me. Get ready for that Facebook inbox to get bombarded, buddy. Speaking of Facebook, I was perusing that lately, as we all do from time to time. Probably more time than we should. But I did happen to come across a post. Uh, There's a Jim Beam National Talent Search now. It's uh, at indies.ca. And as I'm scrolling through, I realize I'm familiar with one of these bands. In fact, they have some really catchy shit that's stuck in my head right at this point in time. I've got to reach out and see if I can get them on the podcast. So I got a hold of the collective from New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, and I said, Hey, you guys are amazing. I would love to have you guys on the podcast. And they said, No. No, you can't. But you can have two of us. You can have two. So I don't know if they drew straws or what was going on, but I am absolutely thrilled to have these guys on, and we can talk about the Jim Beam contest and... Fun fact, I'm also a fan of Jim Beam. Let's not go there. Anyway, what do y'all think about me playing a little clip from one of their songs and then getting this thing rolling? It doesn't really matter what you think. One, I can't hear you. And two, it's my show. So, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, The Collective. But I still wonder. I've been thinking about you lately. Are you thinking about me too? I've been wondering if just maybe. Are you thinking about me? time for my episode 11 guests that's right guests i haven't done two before so this is going to be a challenge for me but uh you know double your pleasure double your fun statement of the great mint and if they want me to finish that they'll have to pay me more you rotten gum bastards but it's a catchy jingle and speaking of catchy jingles i've got two of the six members of the collective nikki and brett guys say hi hi hey that was super enthusiastic <laughs> hi yeah <laughs> what's up Oh, just recording the podcast, that's all. Same. Cool, cool. Sweet. All right, guys, how you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good, I think. How are you doing, Nikki? Pretty good, thanks for asking, Brett. You're, you're so welcome. No, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of in the same boat, um, especially in the... Um, in the arts industry with everything that's that's been going on so we're just we're you know making the best of it i guess have you guys been staying active during covid lots of drinking um, yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah lots of that i mean we uh i mean i'm still unemployed i don't know about uh, i think you're you're back to work are you right nikki yeah yeah well i just transitioned to working from home so i was right. affected thankfully but 
Yeah. Well, I work in the uh, work in the arts industry aside from the music thing, so I still haven't gone back to full time job yet. So I'm just trying to you know keep keep as busy as I can. Like I, having the band back helps now that we can actually get together. Um, that was a rough. It was a rough couple of months when we when we didn't have that option because of the social distancing requirements and everything. Because you know I'm not a solo artist. I need the band to be there to to make some music. So um, I kind of had to go a, a couple of months without without any, without any any music at all. So um, it's good to be back. Nikki, how about sure. you? Yeah, pretty much the same. Like it was it was rough. We have weekly rehearsals sometimes two times a week if we're feeling ambitious or have something coming up so basically when we were you know on lockdown and couldn't see each other we we did zoom chats and we would get ambitious and be like well let's try and jam over zoom and we're like we're a six-piece band there's no way this is gonna work so so we just kind of chatted and we kind of planned out like you know we have our upcoming ep so we kind of nailed that down a little bit now we're finally you know getting things back on track with that but yeah it's just good to be back have you find the uh, time down as for you more time for writing or do you get like writer's block throughout that or? No, not me anyway. Like, I mean, I had written a couple of things, but it's kind of hard to like put it into fruition without the band. So yeah, I mean, I kind of felt a little bit more creative just having nothing to do all the time. <laughs> yeah. I found like, it's funny how you always say like, oh man, like I wish I had time to just like sit down and write or sit down and practice or sit down and rehearse. And then when you do have all this time it's like it's amazing amazing how many other things you can find to do like i'm the worst procrastinator so i know i haven't written anything <laughs> since, since the pandemic started uh, but that's okay i remember when i was writing i think it would have been my second full set for stand-up and i had all the bits but i couldn't tie them all together i ended up canceling my cable my internet and everything so i wouldn't be distracted and if I'm that's it, hardcore yeah like i needed to get that done i was okay guys we're getting bookings okay yeah yeah i got a set just give me just give me a month to get it ready and then <laughs> a week in i'm like all right i'm just gonna watch one episode uh, let's try breaking bad let's try an episode of that and if it's good i'll come back to it and then a week <laughs> later uh, i'm done the series like oh mm-hmm. let's try yeah it was so yeah i was in the same boat i'm like i can write so much during covid and then no yeah I'm going to be so productive. And then you end up at the liquor store like three times a week. And like, <laughs> hey, a week yeah. like binging every, like how many series did I get through during? Like, honestly, it's ridiculous. Well, and in the beginning it was stocking up at the liquor store because we didn't know if the liquor That's store was closed or not. So yeah. spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Drinking all the quarantine liquor in one weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll last me forever. And then <laughs> yeah. You again, later. you again, sir. <laughs> Yep. So you mentioned writing is and coming to fruition with your ideas is kind of difficult without the band. Like you guys got six members. How's that affect the creative process? Um, well, I mean, it's a it's a really interesting dynamic. I think writing with a group like that, especially with our group, because. Um, and I mean, this comes up in every, you know, every interview that we do, but we all come from such different backgrounds musically that I, I think one of the hardest things when we first sort of brought this group together was getting us all to a point where we were speaking the same language. Like, I, I mean, I know I come from like a jazz background originally. Um, Leah is a classically trained pianist. You know, Kyle and Michelle and Jay don't, as, as far as I know, don't read any music whatsoever. And so it's it's a really complex process sometimes because communicating our ideas, I mean, honestly, can be kind of difficult at times. So, but, but it's cool. I think we really need to be together to write. And that's why is because it's difficult for us to kind of communicate unless we're playing with each other. But on the flip side of that, it does kind of evolve into this really collaborative process. And I'm sure you can attest to that too, Nikki, because I mean, once we get, get something going, we can lock 
lock it in so quickly. I mean, the, the amount of times we've been um, like Kyle might show up to practice with an idea um, and we'll sort of start riffing on that. And then Nikki might have some lyrics in her phone that she wrote like two weeks ago that she just did, wasn't even thinking about. And she'll just step up to the mic and start singing and it works. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a different, you know, again, I come from the jazz background, so it's a, it's an entirely different musical experience from any other project I've ever been a part of because nothing is, nothing is set in stone. Nothing is, prescribed no one is in charge and that's you know sounds like it might create you know create a lot of chaos but at the end of the day it's actually really cool because we have a group dynamic that really thrives on that kind of a kind of an an environment so i don't know i don't know if you've anything to add to that nikki but no i mean yeah it works like how brett said you know some of them are classically trained read music some of us don't you know, if I can be like, oh, play that again, Kyle, you know, the dit, 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 yeah. <laughs> in my language, it works. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when I first started playing with this group, I mean, I had such a hard time letting go of sheet music. Like I was so used to, I had to have something in front of me all the time. I mean, now mm-hmm. I've been, I've been playing with, I guess, what eventually became the collective for about over three years now. And so I'm, I'm used to, I'm comfortable with it now, but, and I've kind of embraced it, but I, back at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, what the hell? What am I going to play? What am I going to do? I don't know. What key are we in? I can't like, how many sharps? How many flats? Like I, I can't, you know. It, so it, What are these hooligans funny. doing without sheet music? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me something, you chaotic bastards. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah. We brought Brett to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to stay. <laughs> yeah. God damn, it's fun corrupting people. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Nikki, you and Leah like have the lion's share of the vocals. You guys ever fight over who gets to sing a part? Never. Never. Never, never. Um, I've known Leah pretty much my whole life. Like we've been really tight since I was, since we were like 12, 13 years old. So we kind of have like that sister relationship. Um, she's been really encouraging to me. She's been singing a lot longer than I have. So, you know, and a lot of our writing process is together. So when we're together, we kind of just say, well, this would work for you and your tone. This would work for me, you know, things like that. So no, we've never had an issue with that. Luckily. You've never had to like break out the Nintendo and be like, okay, we're going to play Mario Kart. <laughs> First to the Rock, finish paper, line. scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three, always. Uh, so what do you guys uh, got going on right now? We got a lot going on right now. All Actually, things considered. All things <laughs> considered, yeah. For the first first time in a while. Um, so back in, I'm going to say probably about a year ago now, I signed us up for this contest and I didn't tell the band. I do a lot of stuff without telling the band because um, I'm, I'm really more of a beg for forgiveness don't ask he really likes to surprise us Um, well you guys made him go without sheet music so i know right right? (laughs) yeah i've kind of sort of fallen into this role of like i'm a you know i'm the pr guy i'm the booking agent for the most part i i I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes and i i mean i wouldn't say i'm the manager i tell when i'm talking to venues and stuff like that i say manager because it's easier to explain but we really don't have a have a manager Um, we don't really have a boss for all the reasons i described we're all pretty collaborative but i signed us up for this contest that i had heard of because um a group of friends of ours who i think you uh, you had uh andre petipa as a guest on your show i believe yep is that correct yeah yeah Um, so you know you must know andre then do you Oh yeah, yeah. We went to the same school together. He actually did right the on. theme music for the, the podcast. Oh, sweet. Oh, okay. awesome. Well, anyway, Andre, we're we're pretty close with Andre and the boys, um, and they won this same contest a couple of years ago. And I remember hearing about it, um, so I looked into it, submitted our stuff. I di- I didn't really expect that I was we were ever going to hear anything back. So that's really the main reason I didn't tell the bands. I didn't want to get anybody's hopes up, um, and I just didn't want to you know, have that all come crashing down. But yeah, then we got in, um, and now we're finalists, and it's it's uh, it's called the the Jim Beam National Talent Search. And it's put on by Canadian Music Week. And it's it's a really cool opportunity. And we were, we were a little bit concerned when the pandemic hit that we weren't going to be able to participate anymore because we uh, we had a, had a night scheduled in Halifax when we were supposed to go up, perform with the other four 
finalists so that we could uh b- before a panel of judges um and then the winner of that would go on to to canadian music week but but we ended up th- th- that was the week that everything shut down so like we had we had everything booked we had an airbnb <laughs> we had a reservation made um and we had to cancel it we had to like we had to you know when they moved it to an online setting we were really really grateful for that so yeah we, w- we went up to halifax back in august um to a studio called the sonic temple um which is just downtown on hollis street really nice studio one of the probably one of the nicest recording studios in atlanta canada um and we recorded a session there um you know fast forward to today it's online people can check it out people can vote for us that's kind of the big the big thing right now <laughs> yeah i shared that as well so if you guys are listening mm. pause this shit go vote for them right now i would i'd give you a minute but you can pause this guy so yeah <laughs> we'd really appreciate it absolutely i'd really appreciate it i'd hardly share anything like that <laughs> All right. so you know i really mean it we gotcha so you guys were gonna travel to halifax you guys do much traveling perform i mean when it's non-pandemic times obviously uh, we were starting to um yeah you know, it's tough sometimes, like as a as a band that does original material, to break into some of those out of town markets sometimes, um, especially where we're not maybe as conventional um, in some ways as like it's we're it's a tough sell sometimes is is what I'm trying to say to to get these venues to to book us. So we we were starting to kind of break into some venues in Halifax and we had several shows booked um, in Halifax. We were talking to some venues in New Brunswick and Cape Breton, and unfortunately, I had to cancel all of those commitments. <laughs> yeah so yeah there's there's six of us too and like sometimes going to places it's like you know the sound can't handle the six piece and whatever and i'm like you know we're not the arcade fire there's not that many of us <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we, were there. we were getting there we're, we're in enormous pain for <laughs> some venues like like a lot of bands if you're i mean if you're a three or a four piece rock band you can get away with you know rolling up to a dive bar that just has a basic pa and do your own sound but like we've got three vocals we've got keyboard we've got a guitar we've got a saxophone we get like we can't we need a sound technician so mm-hmm. if they don't have one to provide us we have to hire one and we have to make sure we have the right sound gear like so that can be a pain too so um and i mean it's definitely worth it i love playing out of town i'm sure you love playing out of town too, Nikki. For sure. We all love, you know, we love to get out and meet new people, play for new people, but, but it can, yeah, it can definitely be a pain. <laughs> I think with your online presence, it's going to get easier because you guys are catchy as hell. People are like, thank you. What the hell are you humming badly? And I'll tell them, I'll be like, check it out. And like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, where do they play? And yeah, like you guys are good. You shouldn't have that trouble getting booked. Tell these fuckers to build extensions on their bars. <laughs> Yeah, honestly. Get in house sound guys. Yeah. Yeah. Be small, be small venue owners. God damn. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a that's a big part of our sell too, is the catchy. I mean, we're not I'm not gonna sit here and we're we're not the band that's you know trying to change the world through music. And maybe that makes us lesser musicians. I don't know. I don't think so. Um we're all about, you know, all about the groove and all about writing some, you know, something catchy. We want to make people dance, we want people to enjoy themselves. You know, it's probably not the deepest, most complicated music in the world, but it's fun. So, you know, people people like it. It's catchy. This one here has a she's got a knack for like writing the these like earworms that'll just burrow their way into your head like I, even before i remember before you and jay joined the band i remember seeing hot pixel which is a project that nikki and jay had before i remember seeing you guys live one time and like the whole next day i was like how many songs and they were stuck in my head and i was like I, like it just it's it, it's you, you guys are you guys are good at that yeah well actually fun fact one of our first songs as the collective together was actually a hot pixel song that we just kind of revamped and that was kind of like what gave us like the fire to be like, wait, we could be a real band. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because we just started off doing covers. What song was it? It was Diamonds. That is so catchy. <laughs> Actually, today, 
when I was thinking about like, fuck, what am I going to say? Like, I don't really know you guys well. Like I know Leah and Kyle a bit and Mm -hmm. that's like how we got in touch to do this. So I was just trying to think. So I put my phone down on my break and I'm listening to YouTube. And then here I am in the yard of a lumber store, moving big timber with a bunch of guys that are trying to act gruff, just humming (laughs) shining city lights to my... (laughs) That's amazing. Hey man, that's a that's a man that's a manly song. That's, that is, there's nothing wrong with shining city lights. <laughs> it's definitely a picking stuff up and putting it down song. Definitely, I'm also awful musically in every and all aspects of it. So me humming it is just it, it's bad. I whistle for my dog to come, and he's just looking at me. He's like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing? Just holler at me." <laughs> do better speak english <laughs> so when you're starting to travel and you're getting some venues do you guys got any memorable shows that kind of stand out to you well from last year definitely was the riverfront jubilee so that was pretty big for us we were pretty excited to be a part of that especially uh, with the lineup that followed that the night that we played so you know it was Rhea may and winter sleep like pretty big east coast acts that we all grew up listening to love um so i'd say that was a highlight for me what about you brett definitely definitely the same i mean that was a lot of fun yeah i think nothing i mean nothing can compare to the high of that um that accomplishment i mean i I think because it's our hometown festival and it's such a well run well respected i mean it's the jubilee is everyone goes to the jubilee there is Mm -hmm. no person in in picto county that doesn't go to the jubilee or hasn't been to the jubilee so i think it's something of a rite of passage to have the opportunity to play it i've played it a few times in the past but as a as a side person so i was only playing with a band who hired me as a horn player to just like you know sit on a couple of songs but to go there and play it with our project with our band was pretty amazing and speaking of the lineup did you want to uh what uh what happened with uh with ria may backstage there nikki (laughs) There is kind of a funny story. So uh, Lee and I were, our dressing rooms were kind of side by side. And it was, I think it was right after Rhea had gotten off stage. And we were all kind of like pumped because we just watched her set. And Lee and I were singing one of her songs. And we were just kind of like jokingly like harmonizing and singing. And she just like blows in the room and is like, what, who who are these angels singing my song? And we were like, "Uh, what, please come in. But Brett, didn't you like hit her with the doors? I did, yeah, yeah. So I was working, I was working at the Jubilee at that that night. I ran the the late night stages last summer, and I was I was back and forth between the main stage at Glasgow Square and the late night stages. And so I was looking for I don't even remember who I was looking for. I think I was looking for Jay. And I went and I was just wasn't thinking, and I busted into our dressing room and, and like <laughs> like door rams into somebody, and I kind of like peeked around, and it's Rhea May. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, like <laughs> like that. Here we are. So, but she still followed us on Instagram. So that's she did, and she took a video of it and like posted it on her story. So we kind of felt like we were a big deal for a couple minutes there. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to book her on the podcast, and when we do the smack talk segment, she's gonna talk so much shit about you. (laughs) (laughs) This clumsy son of a bitch barges in. That fucking sax player from the collective. (laughs) Old uh, bleeding gums McDougal there. Playing careless whisper nonstop. I hope you watch The Simpsons and you get the reference. I I, I, oh, yeah. I don't. You better, Brad. <laughs> he doesn't. He's very young. I don't watch young. The Simpsons. I've never He's very watched young. The Simpsons. I mean, I've seen The Simpsons. I've never gotten into it though. I think it's because I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid. Um, uh, like to a much, I was kind of a sheltered kid. So like to a, like like an embarrassingly late age, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. So I think I just never started. Like you know, I never started. So I don't, I don't know. brutal. I was going to ask you how old you were when you watched it, but you said it was embarrassing. So I'll just tell you, uh, there was a saxophone player that in the early seasons that was a mentor to Lisa Simpson. And oh, his yeah, name okay. was Bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
I get uh, the reference now. So you know, uh, wasted such a good pop reference. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to like go back? You can tell the joke again, and I can pretend like you can edit that part out. I'll, <laughs> I'll pretend that I get it, and I'll pretend it's really funny. And then she said, "Bleeding gums, McDougal hit me with a door." <laughs> Was that good? That was my that was my fake laugh. That, that was, was really good. Brad. That was really good. Thanks, thanks, guys. I'm actually I'm planning on uh, moving to LA soon, start my acting career. So I'll. Uh, what? No, no, th- th- of course I'm joking. It's <laughs> a joke. Look at me. <laughs> See, I, I got one too. You got one too. Yeah, except you're. Yeah. Um, so you're actually a comedian, so you probably can. You know, you, you probably got to pretend to laugh at stuff all the time. I I just booze up until it's funny. <laughs> Everything's funny after ten drinks. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Very true. Like I've said before, when I do my sets like throughout the year, it's like you guys, I'm sure with like some songs, it just gets repetitive. So I don't find what I'm saying all that funny or interesting anymore. No. It's like, oh, fuck, just shut up. Or I could pour liquor down the back of my head until I think this is great again and then go out and do it. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But since we touched on the uh, the old smack talk, you know, we got the segment where you can vent about whatever famous person who wants to go first. I'll do it. Yeah, I bet you got. I bet you got a, a couple good. Well, it's not. I don't really have much to say. But uh, what is it? Takashi six nine. Is that how you say it? Anyway, guess... hate that guy. Hate looking at his face. Hate looking at his stupid hair and his stupid tattoos. I hate his songs. I hate everything about him. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> that was very blunt and to the point. <laughs> I really, really hate this guy. Like every time I see his face, I'm like, why do we even know who you are? Like it's just. It's bonkers to me how that guy is famous. He's going to be telling a judge now you cyber bullied him. And that's- <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he in jail? Yeah, he's like, the meme is just how big of a rat he is. He's just <laughs> trying to get his sentence lowered by ratting exactly. every bad thing he's ever seen. Uh, it's just human trash. Human trash. Yeah, I don't Dang. I don't get it. But Brett, I don't know, man. I don't think enough about any celebrities to hate them that much. Like, I'm just not a, I guess I'm not really a pop culture guy. I don't know. That's like the worst answer possible, I think. <laughs> He's like, this one time I hit this bitch with a door. Yeah, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what time? Yeah, fucking bitch from, um, I don't know. I, I Man, it's it's tough. Nothing? Sorry. I'm, no. So I really don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, no, I, I got nothing. That's okay. We got one of this, so we're good. It's good. It's a good thing you got both of us because, you know, 50% of the time we're going to get a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was pretty, uh, she was pretty vicious towards old uh, Takeshi, yeah. so. <laughs> well, just thank you for giving me the platform to vent that. I really, really needed that, I think. <laughs> it sounds like that was building for a while. Like, <laughs> Yeah. One of the best parts about this segment, I wasn't sure it was going to stick, is when someone who's listened to the episode will tell me, it's like, yeah, they said they hate this person. I fucking hate that person too. And it just gives people that justification. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I had uh, Clifton Pettibon and he hated, um, what's his name? The late night guy, the British one. Oh, James, Corden. Just, James Corden. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I hate James Corden so much. And every time I bring it up, people are like, Dude, what's wrong with you? He's James Corden. How can you hate him? And I was like, somebody must fucking hate this guy. Yeah, I don't like him either. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't hate him as hate much him. as I hate Six Nine, but I, I don't. I don't think he's funny. I think he's annoying. I guess I just don't really have an opinion on. Like, I, I don't love James Corden. I guess, but I like. I mean, I don't, like. He's not. Hey, that's, he wouldn't that's be my close. first choice. <laughs> that's, that's like the best. Like Takeshi's hearing her just talk all this shit. It's like she said, I was human trash. James Corden just somehow listens to this. He doesn't love me <laughs> broken heart yeah exactly but love and hate that's a fun subject right you got any favorite songs you guys perform songs that we do mm-hmm. i think my favorite that we do at this moment uh, is pro- you know what it was long goodbye but i've heard that song 
so many times over the last couple of months. I don't really need to hear it again. That's the one that we did in our um, for our Jim Beam entry. Um, I think we, we do a song called In the Night that I wrote the I wrote the chords to. Kyle came up with some guitar stuff on it. Nikki wrote the lyrics to. I think that's probably like musically our best song, but that's just me. Maybe I'm biased, but that's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's In the Night. Nikki, what do you think? Favorite? Um, yeah, I would have said Long Goodbye too, Brett, but like you said, we've <laughs> it probably 87 times in the last month. Yeah, I'm going to go with In the Night too. Like I, I also remember... Just the feeling. I think that's what we opened with at the Jube. And I just remember like that feeling of playing it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. And flip side of this coin, got any bastard children that you don't really like? Any songs that you're like, oh, I don't. Anything that I play the saxophone on. Yeah, Brett's trying to slowly stop playing saxophone completely. And every time you guys are like, pick up the saxophone and play it. For me, I'd say, I would say Diamonds just because, I don't know, maybe until it was, we started playing it again recently. And I was like, oh shit, this song is good. But, I need to look at like a list or something. Like I, yeah, I, I don't even. We have like we have so many at this point. We There's have ones that we just don't play anymore. Like we have one called "All I Do." We haven't played that in like a year. That's yeah, that's true. There's definitely some that I don't love seeing them come up. I don't think there's any of our originals that I don't like. It's but covers. That covers. There's some covers that I just fucking hate mm-hmm. like crazy in love i don't i hate hate that song <laughs> well it's a it. mashup and, and we call it crazy crazy <laughs> so it's uh crazy by narrow sparkly followed by crazy in love by beyonce but it's such like a crowd pleaser that's the only but brett has to play saxophone consistently the whole like six minutes so i understand why you hate it <laughs> and it's the same like i don't know if you know the song i'm sure you do like repeat that like i might as well just get a fucking loop pedal and do like because that's all i do through the whole damn song like it's the worst that song and uh what's the other one oh um we used to cover truth hurts by lizzo you know that song that like blew up last summer yeah don't I, like the piano part on that song i play piano on that it's do 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 it's the bass line over and over and over and over and over again yeah that's the one that's my least favorite song yeah i could have i could have answered that for you i know yeah that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you sound pissed off at whoever wrote that song. <laughs> Maybe I should have shot off with Lizzo. I don't there you go. Should, yeah. I feel like she's too. Do you hate Lizzo? I feel like she's too <laughs> beloved, though, and I might get in some trouble. <laughs> like, you would. Like if I started, people would want to throw some hands if I started shooting off with Lizzo. <laughs> you don't want to be the first. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not storming the beach on the on the Lizzo hating. No. I love Lizzo. I'll just leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> Let's just move on because I don't wanna I don't wanna cause conflict in this peaceful band. Like you guys were like so good. It nobody can see this because it's all audio, but one would be given the answer and the other one's just like smiling and nodding along because like, yeah, I'm on the same page. And now Nikki's got this hateful rage in her eyes. <laughs> Imagine. Only if you bring up six nine. I did hear you say something about an EP. What's going on with that? So we, well, we were in the works with that pre-pandemic and then obviously had to put it to a halt. We had some pretty good headway on there. And then in the last month or so, we're all kind of going in separately and trying to finish up. So what do you think the timeline is there, Brett? Um, it's, it's tough to say, I guess. I mean, personally, I'm in no huge rush. So originally we were planning on a May release and we had a release party booked and everything like that. But I think it might even be better now that we have the time to kind of go back and be a little bit more meticulous. I, I, I just know, like, I, I mean, I'm pretty much done what I need to do. There's a couple more songs that I just want to tweak, tweak some stuff on. Um, we're also, uh, I play in another band that uh, has a horn section. So we're actually 
hiring that horn section to come and do some horns on on our album. So I'm just really excited to work with them and and kind of take the time to get those those parts the best that they can be. So I don't know. They're actually one of our trumpet player is just came back from Ottawa and he's going to be in isolation for the next two weeks. So he can't actually do anything for the next two weeks. So no EP for at least the next two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to say the new year. By the time everything's done yeah. and it's mixed and mastered. It's going to be January. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a whole process to it too. Like after, I mean, we don't want to just finish recording everything and have it be mixed and say, okay, here you go. We're going to release it now. Like we mm-hmm. want to do it right. We're going to get it mastered professionally. We want to, um, you know, we're going to put together a marketing strategy uh, because if you want to be included in things like Spotify playlists, and if you want to get out there for, you know, for, for review and stuff like that, you do need to kind of start thinking about that a couple of months in advance of the release. So we need, we need time to do that. It's also, I mean, we don't know how long it's going to take for it to be mixed. A friend of ours who is a uh, recording engineer, a guy named Murray McIver, he's probably one of the best amateur recording engineers and sound technicians that, that I've ever met. He's doing all the mixing and recording for us uh, and everything sounds really great so far. So we want to give him time to work his magic and make it sound as good as he can. Yeah. And Murray's incredibly patient and he just has a great ear. So anytime you go in, it's very just easy. And and yeah. like Brett said too, being able to like after kind of everything went on a halt and then we went back in, it's like, oh, you know, maybe it would sound better if we did this. So we did kind of have an opportunity to iron things out a bit and where, you know, it's our first EP. We want to make it go- worth releasing and, and really good. So yeah, we're, we're excited. Something I've always wondered, EPs and you're recording songs, you're putting them together. How do you pick what order they go in? We haven't even talked about that. Yeah, my God, we haven't even discussed it. (laughs) There's no, it's not like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon or anything like that, where there's going to be like a flow and a specific, like we didn't like write it, write the songs with a certain flow in mind. I guess it'll, it'll It'll probably be like how we do our set lists. Yeah. How I'm envisioning it. Because when we, when we put together a set list, we have, you know, a particular flow of how we like things to go. And I'm sure the album will be the same way. Yeah, you don't want to put two songs that are too similar. You know, you don't want to put a major, two major songs together. You don't want to put two songs in the same key together. You don't want to have, you know, you, you want to have have some variation with it. So, I, I mean, we'll, I don't know. <laughs> That's something we need to talk about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've always wondered that. How the hell, how the hell do artists pick which order songs go? And I never even thought about that. Like, you don't want the same keys together. You don't want this, like, this isn't just fun. This is educational for me. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think there's a like a science behind it. I think it's, it's pretty much just personal preference. But I'd say, but I mean, there's like you're artists, so it's just I love knowing how artists think, and that's why, like, when I was doing this, I decided like I wanted to have guests on that do stuff, and like not just to promote, but just to really satisfy all the questions I have about everything. It, it's really selfish of me beneath the surface, like. <laughs> But I, I sound noble, right? Yeah, absolutely. Extremely. Uh, do you guys happen to know what the other regular segment is we have on on this little podcast? I don't. Sorry. Don't. Sorry, man. Sorry. Oh. Should I be afraid? I don't think. <laughs> Nikki, in life, we are told there are no stupid questions. However, you and Brett are going to have to answer five of them. Are you ready? Sure. How many live spiders could you fit into an empty shoebox? Live spiders? Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't they just crawl out? <laughs> that yeah i don't i don't know they're gonna try how many do you think you can uh, get in at the most well how big i don't know there's a lot of like any size uh your standard household spider size i guess all right let's say 400 400 yeah 400 live spiders into a shoe box what about you brett that's a tough one i'd have to know yeah i think 400 is a fair amount i mean how you're gonna get them in there and get them to stay there 
is another thing. Well, um, Brett, you had a pet spider for a long time there. So Man, I got so many spiders in this place. There's actually, there's a really big one that lives above uh, the toilet in my bathroom. He's been there for, <laughs> honestly, he's been there for a couple of months now. It's like, it's probably like that, like that big around. Like he's a Go big, put him in a shoe box and see how much space spider. he takes up. Let's cheat. I don't want to, I don't want to disturb him, man. I don't want to, he's, he's so peaceful. He eats all the flies. It's, he's great. Yeah. So, I don't know. 400. We'll say 400. Great answer. Both going yeah. 400. I like that. All right. If you were put in charge of the Twizzlers factory for the day, what's the first new flavored licorice you'd come up with? Oh, there's so many uh, possibilities here. You're not helping. Uh, let's uh, like, I don't know. Um, Blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. I think I feel like that probably already exists, though, doesn't Maybe, it? Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't eat. I don't. I'm not a big candy guy. Let's watermelon. Uh, Is there a watermelon Twizzler? Probably not like a shoebox spider. <laughs> like blend those up, and, but you take 400 of them and you blend them up, and then that's the that's. The and you call it yeah. a Twizzler. And you call it a Twizzler. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> spider Twizzler. You ever that's eat a spider? Fun. Apparently, we eat like seven spiders a year or something like that in your sleep is that true that's what, that's what science says i've read that too yeah what about you nikki what do you got well all the ones that i wanted apparently already exist um (laughs) think outside the spider filled box all right um cotton candy does that exist i don't think it does i don't need enough candy either to know for sure but that doesn't sound like anything i've ever encountered in the grocery store i feel like you're taking this too seriously like what about like i'm thinking like something ridiculous like what about like like uh like snail flavored Twizzlers. I don't know. I'm just trying to think uh, of stupid stuff or like bomb it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking something like turnip myself. Turnip, <laughs> turnip potato. I don't know. I mean, Brussels I love turnip. But... I hate turnip. Anyway, that's not relevant, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's my fault. I brought that's that up. Finally, finally Brett admits that he hates something. <laughs> really passionate about hating turnip. <laughs> uh, that's my big scoop for the podcast. <laughs> Collective keyboard player. This just in. Despises root vegetables. <laughs> I don't know. Not even just turn up root vegetables. <laughs> just not family. a fan. Not a fan. Potatoes are okay, but like you know, other than that, I'm just not. You know. oh, fuck oh man. Carrots can go fuck themselves. Beets can yeah. go fuck themselves. Won't even watch The Office because of Dwight is firm. <laughs> All right, Nikki, you guys have just won an award, and it's being presented to you. By John Travolta, who has a tendency to fuck up names. What does he address you as on your way to the stage? Nikki Hamble. Nikki Hamble. <laughs> All right, Brett. Mr. Travolta's ushering you to the stage. Introduces um, the band. And finally, Mr. Um, I actually get Brent a lot. Um, I get Fred, Brandon, Brad. Brandon. Brandon. Oh yeah, yeah. Like seriously, like you get all kinds of like. I, I worked at McDonald's for like an embarrassing, embarrassingly long time, um, and I used to get all the time at the drive-through because you had to say your name when you were taking the order, and I'd get like all all the time. Hey, Fred. Hey, Greg. How's it going? Like just you know. But yeah, probably probably like Brett, like Brad or something like that. All right, your full name. Full your name. Full John oh, Travolta name. Probably like Brad McDonald. Brad McDonald's. McDougal's hard. I, get I know a lot of Brad McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, like or like like Brett like Brent McDonald. I get like again, I get McDonald all the time. So it's uh, yeah. And of course, Mr. Travolta will apologize and then he will invite you to come try a Thetan meter. To what? He's, he's a Scientologist. He oh is. yeah. I didn't he know. He is. That. He oh. is a Scientologist. Just lost a lot of respect for John Travolta. <laughs> a lot of Hollywood is a Scientologist, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're Googling later. Yeah, maybe I'll join. Join Scientology.
All right. What color do you end up staring at blankly while daydreaming? Oh, that's really interesting. I'm going to say, let me close my eyes and we'll, uh, we'll envision this. I'm going to uh, probably like black, I guess. I don't know. Drawn to black while staring blankly into space. Oh, blankly into space. I just, not, not with my eyes closed. Well, my, I guess the walls in my apartment are like a kind of an off gray color. So that's probably. These are really stupid questions. Just so. <laughs> I know I'm having a really hard time. With this, man. Like, I, like... Don't think so hard, Brett. All right. Nikki, what do you got? Blue. Blue? Yeah. No explanation, just blue? No explanation, just blue. Daydreaming in blue. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a song. It actually is a song already. So <laughs> I didn't write that. <laughs> you can cover it until you're sick of it though, right? I've covered it already with hot pixels. <laughs> right, that's where I've that's where I've heard it before. Okay, yeah, right. Yep. And finally, the fifth and final stupid question, Nikki. You're spending the day hanging with Harrison Ford, who's seemingly jealous of you. Why is he jealous of you? He's jealous of me because of my super cool new sneakers that make me run super fast. <laughs> good. That's good. Are, are they as fast as the Millennium Falcon? Uh, just about. Just about. Yeah. Very specific. <laughs> She's really proud of those shoes. <laughs> it's through these stupid questions we really get to know people, I feel. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Brett, why is Harrison Ford jealous of you? Oh, because I'm just redonkulously way better looking than him. The bold claim. He can... <laughs> He it's also not true. <laughs> he can smile and frown at the same time. I don't know if you've seen the picture on the internet. I haven't. Well, now, now I got to Google that later. <laughs> yeah. So he's jealous of your sneakers and he's jealous of your ravishing, rugged, boyish good looks. Well, how can, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the hill I'm going to die on. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically how five stupid questions work. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. <laughs> it's just. I like five stupid questions because if you're talking to anyone after they hear this and they're like, what the fuck was that? You always have this out. Like, I don't know what the fuck's up with that guy. Did you hear those stupid questions he was asking us? Did you hear our stupid answers too? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how I started doing that. I think alcohol was involved at some point and I decided to carry it over to a- <laughs> Put it on broadcast for audiences around the world. So the Jim Beam contest, how long do people have to vote for that? It's uh, open until November 3rd, and then I think they're now it's in the winter on November 6th, I think. Do you guys yeah. get updates on where you're placing, or is it all just you find out when we all do? I wish. No, it's it's all... We, we can't see how many votes that we're, uh, that we're getting, so unfortunately... Yeah, I actually but- asked Brett that the other day. I'm like, can we see where our votes are at? He's like, no, I don't think so. It's extra annoying because we don't even know if the votes really matter all that much. Um, there's a judging panel too so the votes are just a kind of a part of it so we'll see what happens but still vote yes definitely still vote sorry that's not i didn't mean don't vote i didn't mean don't vote <laughs> just go vote for us <laughs> encourage, the band. encourage those judges to pick the right band as a winner hint it's them it's us yeah <laughs> just like even if that one judge is thinking oh i'd rather go with this band just vote enough so that the other how many judges are there we don't know we don't even know who the judges are i it's it's uh they're not, they haven't given us a lot of information, to be completely <laughs> honest. There's, it's, uh, they're not big on details, but whatever, it, you know. It's not even Jim Beam, being. it's just some guy in his basement that wants free music performed yeah. for him, and he's just, <laughs> websites, everything. Yeah, exactly. No, people should vote. Um, so once uh, Jim Beam's all done, and you got the EP, that's going to be coming out roughly the new year, we're assuming. Do you guys get any plans to... Maybe get back on the on the tour scheme and start hitting up some venues, or what's going on there? I mean, it really just depends on how 
how the pandemic pans out. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. Um, just, well, just, just because we don't know what next summer is going to look like. So, you know, now is the time that I would usually be look researching festivals and, and things that are going on the following summer to start um, submitting our, you know, ourselves to. But um, unfortunately, you know, we don't know if any festivals are even going to happen next summer. Right. So it, it's, it's, it's all, it's all so up in the air. I, I guess. Yeah. Once, once all this is under our belt, we'll probably start contacting some venues to see what they're doing and what their, what their plans are. Um, and if there's, if there is anywhere that we can get in, then absolutely. We're going to try and, and start touring around a little bit again, just because that's, I mean, that's the best part of our, that's the best part of our job. I mean, you know, hanging out in the studio is, is cool and all, but it's, it, it, you know, we do this because we like performing in front of a live audience. Yeah. Do you get people coming up to you just in everyday life when you're not performing, like you're on your way to a store or from work on your way home? Do you get people approaching you a lot yet or? Has that ever happened to you, Nikki? No. I mean, when, when we release Beast, I guess, but it was <laughs> random people, you know what I mean? It's people that are like, oh, I heard your song on the radio. And I'm like, yeah. We're on the radio. Like, <laughs> Cause it actually, it happened to me once. I remember once. your, yeah, I remember your story. So please tell it. I was at a store. It's not even that great of a story. Like it's, but I, I was, at, I think it was winners. I was buying something and the cashier was like, was like, Oh yeah, you're, uh, um, you're in that band. Right. And I was like, yeah, like we, we actually, like, Oh yeah. So you heard, heard your, uh, heard your song on the radio the other day. Cool. Like just very, like, I was like, I was like, oh. nonchalant. Yeah. I mean, it was in New Glasgow. So it's not like I'm like, you know, recognized nationwide or anything like that. <laughs> but it was, I mean, you know, for all, for, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, that was my one, my one time. That's fun when that happens. I, first time it happened to me, I was in a Canadian tire and I was, uh, looking at, I think it was screwdrivers or wrenches. I was there to get, this was years ago. And on the other side of the aisle, I could hear a guy telling his buddy about my set from earlier in that week oh wow and he was telling one of my jokes and he was fucking butchering it and it was like <laughs> like it, it was bad it was really bad like him trying to regurgitate it and i just poked my head around the corner and i was like that's not how that goes you're supposed to and he's like that's the fucking guy right there <laughs> that's hilarious uh, well, the entire of all places how canadian well I, I did have there was a couple of times when i because because my so my day job which i'm not doing right now because of the, the pandemic but i work uh, in like programming and events for uh, glasgow square theater and so often like we would get i would hear people um i would take phone calls especially if we had a gig coming up there and i would take phone calls from people that um, would be talking about the band and saying things about the band and i'd be like i'd have to like fight the urge to correct them because i didn't want to be like I didn't want, like, I'm trying to think of an example, but they'd be like, they'd be like, oh, it's, you know, isn't that that blues band, the collective? And I'd be like, mm, nope, they're not a blues band. No, I think they're, I think they're a blues band. And I'm like, <laughs> no, they're not, but you can't really, you can't come out and say, be like, I'm in the it, fucking band. I'm in like, the band. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, so yeah, I, I totally get that. I'd totally be like, look it up and see what it says. And then be like, well, it's a, oh, fuck, that's you. <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah. just indirectly just point out that you're in the band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm more obnoxious than you are, so that's what I would do. We're too polite. We always we used to joke we're like the politest band on the planet because um, we we just get like like we let people walk all over us sometimes. <laughs> but you know whatever. You got like the super Canadian charm, like the hipper done. So you guys will be Canada's band now. It's like just the most polite. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, we're all pretty. I think you probably got 
I guess Leo would probably be on the same level. You probably pick two of the two most outspoken people to talk to. So that's, so that's good. Uh, but like <laughs> Kyle and I mean, I feel like Kyle and Jade and, and Michelle too are, are just so like agreeable and just so like, I mean, and, and that's part of what makes them so great to work with is because it's just like, you know, there's never, there's never any drama, you know, it's great. Yeah, it is great. I was doing stand up at the commune, I think three years ago and some of my material, some people could find it offensive or, risky or whatever you want to call it and i told this one joke that it either goes over amazingly well and everyone laughs or there's just like this awkward tension right afterwards it's never a middle ground but i told it at the commune one time and i'm just waiting to see what the reaction is and it's quiet except there's kyle in the middle of the (laughs) bar busting a gut laughing the only person this does not surprise me one bit i was laughing so hard (laughs) because he was laughing well, I mean, it was an awful joke. I'm not going to let him laugh alone about it. And be that kind of... Well, Kyle tells terrible jokes all the time, so that's why I said it doesn't surprise me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's get he's quiet, but he's got one twisted sense of humor. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I got to hit him up sometime when I see him. Like, say something awful to me, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you're a sick fuck. They didn't use those exact words. Want to hang but... out? <laughs> So this is where I ask you to plug everything and anything you want people to tune into. Who wants to go first? Yeah. um, Well, I mean, definitely check us out uh, on social media. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. What else are we on? I think that's it. The Collective NS, um, because there's a million bands and organizations out there called The Collective. Probably should have thought of that one a little bit more when we named the band but you know we're here so <laughs> we're sticking with it uh, yeah, they so can all go fuck themselves it's fine yeah facebook, in- facebook instagram twitter um we're on youtube we're on spotify we're on apple music yeah check us out what brett said <laughs> and <laughs> and vote for us in the jim beam national talent search that's indies.ca watch the halifax episode and vote for us because we're pretty awesome. I've shared that in all my social media. So if you can't find it, go to my stuff. And while you're at it, go through the people I follow. You'll find these guys there. Click on that like button. Yeah. Final tradition of this. One of you has to cue the outro music. Who wants to do it? Or do you want to do it together? I don't know. Oh, you just did this, did yeah, you? Yeah, I did the nose thing. So you have to do it. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> After you explain to me what the nose thing is. You never heard of that? You got it, when somebody's, when so, last, like, person. You got a, last person to put their finger on their nose knows has to do it yeah you've never seen that before seriously it's kind of like one it's kind of like one two three not it but yeah yeah but it's like more subtle so you got to kind of be watching yeah no, i've never you. seen that before i don't like dude you've never watched the simpsons we're, we're even <laughs> <laughs> i guess we're even all right nikki would you like to cue the outro music sure thing hit it